50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. I am. I love when we have enough content where we can make the bonus show strictly Kardashian news. When we look at each other and we're done recording and there's enough content in the regular episode where we can separate them, it's music to my ears. I know. And it's really everybody wins because the people that want to listen to a regular episode and want nothing to do with Kardashians, they get that. And then the people that are really only there for the Kardashian news, they get an entire episode dedicated to just that. And on top of that, we win because we don't have to hold back at all. I know. It's like the people that are here, you really care. You're not just stuck listening to a regular episode and there's Kardashian at the end and you decide to just listen through. So I appreciate that. It gives us freedom. You're right. And I love that feeling. <laughs> love that feeling. Okay. So first thing we wanted to start with was actually a comment that we posted on our grid. So initially there was this report that came from page six that was saying, you know, a source close to Scott is telling page six exclusively that he's been somewhat excommunicated by the family as they continue to focus on Travis. So Paper Magazine then posted this with the caption, Scott Disick has reportedly been excommunicated by the Kardashians. And Kris Jenner herself comments, Scott will never be excommunicated from our family. He's the father of my grandchildren and a special part of our family. We love him and not true which obviously we saw immediately and posted that to our grid. Let me tell you, content aside, obviously I love Chris standing up for Scott. The fact that Chris Jenner is just hopping in the mix and responding in the comments section to a false headline, that is why we're in business, you know? And I appreciate her for helping us keep it that way. It's unexpected. I mean, she really never does this. It's one thing, all right, for maybe Chloe to clap back occasionally, maybe even Kylie, maybe even Courtney, but not Chris. I know Chris was interesting, but you know what? This is such a good example of when a news story breaks and they say nothing, a lot of the times the silence means that it's true. But when something is going on and something is circulating that is so blatantly false, they cannot help themselves. They have to step in. And I don't blame them for that. Right. Specifically when it's false and also damaging. You know, there are so many kind of stupid rumors that circulate. They're not going to respond to every single one. But this is one where I think Chris felt, number one, I want to set the record straight. And second of all, not only for Scott's sake, I think, you know, Mason and Penelope have social media at this point. I think that she felt a responsibility to her grandkids to show public support of their dad. I think so too. And that's a great point. I wonder if Scott ever feels the need to publicly respond to these things, or he's almost so past it that it doesn't matter. I'll put it like this. I don't think he's going to be the one to publicly respond, but I think that he is very appreciative of Chris doing so. Do you think that people wouldn't necessarily believe him if he was the one to respond? I think that it would have been significantly less powerful coming from him than coming from Chris, because I think people would totally lean into the Scott's delusional and in denial kind of thing. Whereas with Chris, 
She's shutting it down. You notice that after Chris said it, it was crickets. Nobody dared say one word because you know that if Chris Jenner is coming to the paper magazine comment section, she has something to say. What was your initial thought when this was first circulating? Well, when I saw this comment, I was stoned out of my mind on Arlene's couch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, we got to do this immediately. It had been 18 minutes. And I hadn't seen the initial headline of Scott being excommunicated. I saw the headline when I saw the comment. So that's when I texted it to you. Actually, oh. wait, you were in the shower. I was in the shower, but I had seen the news story circulating. So that's why I was interested in what you had thought previously. I didn't realize that you that was the first time that you were seeing that. No, that was the first time I saw it, which was honestly such a better and more calming viewing experience because you don't even have the initial pit in your stomach. I saw it and then immediately I saw the Chris Jenner comment and I was like, all right, everything's cool here. Oh, what a lovely experience you had. And not that you necessarily would have thought anything of it. I didn't really. I thought it was like kind of bullshit. I thought it was really interesting that it was something that page six would have actually posted. But no part of me really believed it. But I, I didn't even like you didn't even have to have a second of like, well, maybe. No, not even one second. But I'm telling you, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed it. We are far past the point of a Scott Disick excommunication because if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. It either would have happened back in the day when he was shoving money in waiters' mouths back in Vegas, or if he survived all of those years, it would have happened. The most recent incident that it would have happened after is when he DM'd Eunice saying like, can you believe Courtney with this PDA with Travis? That was the only quote offense in recent history that I could cite as even a potential thing for any of these rumors to be true. But no, I think that we are in way too deep. And if you want to take emotions out of it for a second, you know, the fact that he's obviously the father of three of Chris's grandchildren, and he's very close with all of them in terms of just being like a brother, he's a part of the show. I mean, he's in the Hulu contract. If you can survive that Eunice DM, you can survive anything. <laughs> that was so dark. Wait, that was, I honestly feel like we don't talk about the fact that that happened enough. It's too upsetting because can I tell you, it's not even so upsetting in terms of me being mad at Scott for doing it. Because I think when you look at big picture, it's like Courtney so clearly wins in that scenario. It just honestly made me so sad for him that he was in such a dark place that he went to the enemy, you know? Right. It's like you can imagine how low and down he must have been that that was the person that he turned to for comfort. It wasn't even like for venting. It wasn't even for like validation. It was literally for comfort. And I'll even take it a step further. I think the thing that was really concerning about that entire situation was the lack of forethought that went into it. Like he really had an immediate reaction and went to DM Eunice. He didn't think, wait, this guy owes me nothing. This guy can very easily post this screenshot and then I'm screwed. Not just for Courtney, but also in the eyes of public perception. You know, he wasn't thinking about that, which I think also really speaks to his state at the time. Again, not an excuse. Like that was low. You do not do that. And I think Courtney's anger was entirely warranted, but it just goes to show you how, how bad of a place he was in. You know, what's interesting about the DM is that he almost lost the protection of the Kardashian name by going against them, like literally never go against the family. But I think that typically if you're a Kardashian and you DM somebody something, like most people are going to think twice before they post it. Most people are going to know that they don't want to piss off the family. And I don't just mean like if it happened with like a stranger and somebody like a fan happened and they posted a DM. I don't mean that. I mean like if there was some sort of weird altercation that happened, Kardashian on another celebrity, I think most celebrities are like, 
I'm not going to expose this because the backlash of it wouldn't be worth it or potential backlash wouldn't be worth it. But it was like a moment where he was going against his own family just for a second. And therefore he lost that protection. He totally lost the protection. And honestly, I think that if Courtney had the choice, she would have hoped that it didn't happen because that just didn't feel good. It's not something that she needed to see and it's not drama that she wanted to be involved in. However, I do think there was a small part of Courtney that probably felt slightly validated that everyone was seeing Scott viewing it in the way that she felt Scott was viewing it. You know, like she felt that there was something that was blocking Scott from feeling true happiness for her and Travis. And that was the clearest proof of it. Even though I think if she had the choice, she would wish it never happened. Well, and then on top of that, it's now my family gets to see it. The family that even though they love Travis and even though they're so thrilled for our relationship and they get it and they're supportive and they didn't want Scott and Courtney back together at this point, for them to be really big Scott apologists as I, as a self-proclaimed one myself, I think it was... I think Courtney kind of welcomed the ability to show them what she was seeing. Yes. And also have something that was so objectively wrong. There's no defense of that, right? Especially because let's not forget, her sisters were not fans of Eunice and they made that very clear on the show. So it wasn't even like, you know, Scott was venting to a friend of the family and it just so happened to get exposed. The fact that it ha- was happening with Eunice, who's someone that she knows they dislike, it totally amplified her argument. Totally, totally. It'll be so interesting to see Scott's role in the show this season, because when we get the trailers, we get none of that. No glimpse into the Scott of it all. Can we talk about the trailer, please? I'm dying to. I'm honestly shocked that we didn't start with it. I'm not mad at it. And I'm happy we started with the comment because that was a huge part of our week. But I'm shocked that we were able to refrain from just jumping right in. It's self-control. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, see the way you split it up was by family member, which I think I appreciate. I wasn't sure, but I think that's the easiest way to tackle it. (laughs) I think so too. I mean... Well, just starting with Kim, we get a little glimpse of the Skims shoot with Tyra Banks, Heidi Klum, and Alessandra Ambrosio. And we see her saying to North, you have no idea how iconic this is, which I feel like is a conversation you and I have constantly, not necessarily on the podcast, but just in our own lives of, you know, as the kids are getting older, they're understanding that they're part of a very famous family and they're getting an awareness of where their parents sit in terms of just like the pop culture landscape. But they're obviously too young to understand what some of these projects mean. And specifically, you know, with Connie, what some of his artistic projects have meant. But as North gets older, like let's say in 10 or so years, I'm so excited for that second layer of understanding to hit, where she can look back at some of the things that Kim and Connie have done and understand how big of a deal it is, like culturally. I need you to understand that like trying to figure out at what age celebrity kids start to understand fame and then beyond that, what age Kardashian kids begin to understand fame? And then beyond that, what age Kardashian kids begin to have an understanding of like the fact that they're Kardashian kids is like a concept that if I think too hard about it, like physically hurts. To me, that is the biggest mindfuck of all time. No, it is so crazy. And honestly, my first memory of North trying to understand all of this is that episode of Keeping Up when she's in the backseat of the car with Kim and there's paparazzi everywhere and North is asking her why. And she says, to get very technical, my name is Kim Kardashian and daddy is Kanye West. And daddy is a singer, performer, artiste. Mommy has so many talents, I can't even begin to name them. I remember watching that scene and being like, holy shit, I think this is North's first technical understanding. And then, okay, second to that, I don't remember which came first, but when they're at Nobu and it's, I think it was like Chris Scott, whoever, and they're talking to Mason about his favorite rapper, I think. And North says, Kanye West is my dad, which again, she didn't fully understand what she was saying when she said it, but those were the first little inklings of like, I kind of get what's going on here, even though she didn't, that was just regurgitation at that point. Yeah, I mean, except I will say my first memory is the Kanye West one, too. I think she was younger there. And the reason that one hit me is because it wasn't her just repeating something. It was like she was able to make that connection from like Mason's favorite rapper to her dad being Kanye West carrying weight at such a young age. That one always really stuck with me. That's true. That is that is true. But like, think about it in 10 or so years when she's going to look back and be like, holy shit. 
I, I don't know what that looks like. Do you, you know what I mean? Because it's a level of fame that is almost impossible to comprehend because of course you've had, you've had celebrity children that have parents that are equally as famous, if not more famous. You really haven't had celebrity kids where the parent is this level of famous along with the entire family. And then you are a part of that. And like you have fame from a young age. I don't know. It's like impossible to explain. But to me, I'll always think of Kardashian fame and Northwest as a part of that fame as being entirely different from anything that we've ever been able to understand. I'm very interested in kids of celebrities trying to like figure that out and navigate that because I think that when you think about like kids stages of development, like you don't (laughs) when you're normally learning about it, fame is never a factor that you're learning about. But it is interesting in terms of like like self-actualization where being actualized as a celebrity falls into that. And also the fact that for all of them, they were famous from literally the second that they were born. I mean, if you are Mason Disick, the entire world saw your mom pull you out of her. (laughs) Like we have watched them grow up from such a young age that it's not just thinking of like, wow, this must be crazy for Kim Kardashian's daughter. It's like, no, specifically for North, because we feel as though we've gotten such a good sense of her personality. I want to know what that experience will be like for her in the same way that I want to know what it'll be like for Penelope and True and Mason and all of them. But you know, you think of what it is in the context of who their individual parent is and what their personality seems like from what we've seen. I mean, it's such a crazy concept. I'm like having a difficult time processing it. It is. It's an insane concept. And also like, Okay. I was thinking about like Miles and Luna, for example. There's a, most celebrity kids, it's like, you can explain why the parent is famous also. It's like, okay, my mom is Chrissy Teigen. She was a model. She met my dad on their music video set and then they got famous. My dad is a singer. Like it's very easy to understand those concepts. How do you explain Kardashian fame to a child? (laughs) How do you as Kim Kardashian explain the fame? I don't know. Now, sex tape aside, by the way, like honestly put that aside, it's not explaining the fame necessarily actually to me because, you know, at some point you can explain we had a TV show. And I think that back in the day, that's what Kim used to say to North early on. You know, we had a TV show, we had a TV show. To me, it's not really explaining the fame. To me, it's explaining the fascination. How do you explain that? I don't know how to tell you this, but the entire world or a large majority of it is fascinated with every move that we make. How do you explain to a child that your mom has a TV show, married one of the most famous rappers ever, and then became equally as famous as the Queen of England? You know how you explain it? You say your grandmother is Kris Jenner and one day it's going to make sense to you how she made all of this happen. Well, I think if you really explain it, you go back to Robert Kardashian. Right. And then the second most important man in the equation, Ryan Seacrest. So true. So true. (laughs) Like POV, you are Ryan Seacrest and you have become the one of the most, if not the most integral part of Kim trying to explain to North why cameras follow her everywhere. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because It's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy 
that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Other things about Kim in the trailer, her saying that she feels like she found her personal confidence, the line when she's saying, honey, I'm the Marilyn and the Jackie, and then the backlash from the Variety interview, the woman working comments. When she says, honey, I'm the Marilyn and the Jackie, which by the way, I think is such a great line. Is she saying that to Pete? Is she saying that to Chloe who's sitting in the back? Is she saying it to Chris? Like, give me the context of that entire scene. Well, again, that brings up the question that I think we're the most curious about is how involved will Pete now be in the Met Gala lead up? Because here's my question. Did we talk about this? You know, the the Ripley's behind the scenes video when she goes to try in the dress and Chris Appleton and Peter helping her get in it? Of course. Was that filmed for the show? I assume so. Because like... That's not a clip, in my opinion, that if it was initially filmed, that they're going to cut. There's no way that Kim is going to cut them going to the Ripley's archive. The only reason she could is because we've already seen it. But it's different. Okay, here's the thing. To me, it's not so much about like her knowing that part of the reason her relationship with the public works is because she provides them with a certain level of, of content that we crave and she gives us answers. And it's like this very kind of symbiotic relationship. It's not just that, because if you follow that thought process, then yeah, she knows that we already got the information. So technically, you know, no one's going to be upset. I think Kim like gets so much fulfillment from knowing that on her program, the program that they brought to Hulu, that clip now lives. You know what I mean? Like I think the fact that that clip would be circulating everywhere and it's from the Kardashians and knowing the height that that brings, to me, I feel like for Kim, it would be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it for all of them, but I just feel like Kim thinks about things in that way. I have no concept of what Pete is going to be in and what he isn't and what he's going to be cut from. Like, uh, There's nothing to go based off of. It's not like we've ever seen Kim 
do this with a relationship where she's broken up and she now has to backtrack as an executive producer on the show and decide what should be included and what shouldn't be. She's been married for the past 10 years. I mean, the Chris Humphreys thing was a whole different story. That was really her telling her story, but it wasn't like, it was almost like she had to. Like nothing about Chris Humphreys could possibly be caught for the sake of Kim's redemption story. Mm-hmm. Pete doesn't necessarily need that same treatment. And so when it comes down to Pete, it's literally just a matter of what does Kim feel like she should keep in? What does she feel like she can get away with keeping in? And what does she feel like is going to just be kept in because it's additive to her own story? Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is that a lot of people really, really think that Pete was the one that broke up with Kim. And we've gotten a lot of DMs recently sending us Kim's recent post saying, guys, I'm telling you, I think that this is the content of a woman who was broken up with, which like, I don't really agree with that because I think that this is what Kim always posts. Like, I don't think that there is necessarily a correlation between hypothetically speaking, Pete breaking up with her and then Kim doing a really sexy bikini shoot. Like, I'm just not willing to give the breakup that power. Kim is always posting sexy bikini shoots. I don't think that it's like straying from her brand, but just generally speaking, like it's, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, it's not even an avenue I've really, really considered, which clearly is like my own bias in terms of, I guess, viewing Kim in a certain way of thinking that there's no way that Pete would have broken up with her. But a lot of people really think that. So I think it's worth talking about. It's absolutely worth talking about. And I don't know where I stand on this because, you know, it's hard to differentiate Kim's content because it does seem like it's kind of pretty consistent across the board, but there is something that does seem a little bit more single behavior about her recent posts. And to me, I don't think that signifies being broken up with. I think it just signifies like I'm single right now. Like I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want on Instagram. And not that she couldn't before, but there is a certain air to it. So I will agree with that. Again, I don't necessarily think that these are the posts of somebody that's like on a, like, a thirst trap tour, you know what I mean? Or like a make you feel bad for breaking up with me kind of thing or look at what you lost sort of thing. That's not the vibe I'm getting. I will say that the reason that I lean more towards Kim being the one that broke up with Pete isn't just based on assumption. I feel like every source that has spoken out about this or given hints about it has really alluded to the fact that Kim was the one that broke up with Pete. But some of the conflicting reports allude to the idea that dating Kim Kardashian was just too taxing on his mental health, which I can totally believe is something that happens to a person. I don't care how famous Pete Davidson is. I don't care if he's dated Ariana Grande before. I think when you date Kim Kardashian specifically, you are opening up yourself to criticism and exposure and interest in a way that you never have before. So if I'm trying to put myself in the position of someone who thinks that he's the one that broke up with her, that's the argument that's the most convincing to me because I can't get behind an idea that he would break up with her because of her personality or their lack of chemistry or any other reason. To me, the and I, and I could be wrong, but to me, the only thing I think of is like, this was all just too much for him. Dating a Kardashian was just not sustainable for him. I still don't think that that's where I stand though. But like, I don't know. I, I mean, I could be totally, totally wrong. See, to me, that doesn't make sense logically because he was kind of through it. Like he was almost on the other side of the media storm and listen, it's not like it ever ends. It's always crazy. But if you're going to talk peak, 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 
media storm, media frenzy, everything, he was almost past that. And maybe there is an argument to be made that like he thought that it would be so much in the beginning and then it would start to die down and it just didn't die down enough for his taste. That could also be a thing. But to me, I really think that it has so much more to do with him being in Australia, his filming schedule, not being able to work with Kim, Kim not being able to come at her leisure or his leisure because she has kids and her life is back in LA. And maybe it was Pete's decision to end it for those reasons. Maybe it was Kim's. Maybe it was a really mutual decision. But I don't know. I, I There's no part of me that thinks that fame was the deciding factor here in terms of ending it. Again, I maintain the fact that I personally believe it was her that broke up with him. But just to throw all the theories out there for a second, let's say that it was the spectacle of it that was just too much for him to take, right? But he was not the one that broke up with her and more so she realized what it was doing to him and she kind of had to make that call. Is that an argument that you could get on board with at all? Yeah, I could potentially. I mean, listen, this is the thing that I'm interested in too. Are we definitely going to get the breakup? Are we definitely going to get the behind the scenes of that? Because I previously would have said yes, but it's interesting that they're not even slightly teasing that in this. Well, we kind of talked about that last week. And I know last week we were saying, you know, if Kim and Peter broken up, it would be very off of her to now be promoting the show using salacious clips of them potentially showering together. Like kind of who does that? So I know that's not what you're saying. You're saying maybe they would tease the breakup. I still think it's not something that Kim would do. I still think that it is too recent and it was potentially too sensitive, probably for both parties involved, for her to feel like it's kosher in this moment to capitalize on the public's curiosity about the breakup for ratings. Like there are so many other things that they can put in that trailer for people to want to watch it that she doesn't need to drag Pete through the mud, you know? Like we could have an entire trailer of just Kendall doing art and people would still watch it. Okay, let's not get crazy, first of all. Second tell of me all, you wouldn't? for Kendall doing art, are you going to tell me that you would? I'm saying that's the thing I could care about the absolute least. And if it was a two minute trailer, I would still watch it. I'm not going to not watch it. I'm not going to not look around at the architecture in her house. I'll just treat it like an architectural digest. Understandable and agreed. But <laughs> here's what I will say. I hate fighting. I did it. <laughs> well, I, we're not fighting. I just like, it was just like, you're not going to watch Kendall. Keep going. Keep going. Here's what I would have wanted from the trailer in terms of like a Pete mention. I wouldn't have wanted anything that could have been definitively about the breakup. I would have wanted a situation where like Kim is trying to FaceTime and it doesn't go through and she like is getting frustrated or like Kim is looking at her phone crying. Like I would have wanted the slightest, teeniest little hint that would have made me think, okay, maybe this is going to be about that. And even if I watched the show and I'm like, oh, that's so funny that we thought it was about that and it was really about this. Like, I would have been fine with that. But some sort of a hint that makes me believe that we're heading down the path of it being discussed. I'm not saying we're never going to get that. I just would not expect to get it right now. I still think it's too soon. And honestly, I think there's going to be a lot of behind the scenes that goes into play of her either just knowing based on how their relationship ended and knowing Pete in the way that she does what he'd be okay with, or even a potential discussion with him about what's okay to put in. Like I really give Kim a lot of credit in that regard that I know she prioritizes, you know, hype and publicity 
above most things, but I don't think she prioritizes it in a way where she's not conscious of disrespecting or betraying or making someone she loves or loved feel uncomfortable. I absolutely think if there was even a question about it, she would have no problem talking to him about it and saying, listen, this is, you knew what you were getting into. This is my line of work. And this is what my fans have come to expect after 20 seasons of keeping up with the Kardashians. They know that when a major life event happens, I can't just not speak about it. I mean, let's take the last season of keeping up, for example. She talked about the Kanye stuff as much as she physically could without disrespecting him or doing something that he probably wouldn't have wanted. And I'm sure that that was either partially in conversation with him or just knowing that line. I don't think she's going to go above that line. And I think that right now promoting it would be crossing that line. But let me ask you a question. Mm. And it's hard to say because this isn't what you think. But if he broke up with her, does that change everything? In terms of what she'd be down to show? Yeah, both in trailers and on the show. Amazing fucking question. Amazing fucking question. Okay, yes, changes things a little bit. I still think, okay, let's follow that thought process. I still think if he broke up with her for a reason that wasn't like his mental health couldn't stand the fame for another reason, let's just say. I still think she would not be using promos of him or talking about the potential breakup right now. I just like don't think that's something that she wants to engage in at the moment. But I think we maybe get more of it in season. I think. Ah, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a really good question. What do you think? I think that if he broke up with her, like, okay, here's a thought process that I have that like, I, that you're going to say is like, okay, that's the most you thought process of all time. But like, if I'm Kim and I get broken up with by Pete, like, I'm not telling anybody that. I know, but it doesn't really work like that for her. I mean, I'm not saying she has to sit there and tell in detail the way that he broke up with her. At the very least, though, she could play it off as mutual. Like, she cannot gloss over if it was filmed. Okay, I'll put it like this. If season two was being filmed while their breakup happened, she cannot entirely gloss over it. That would be so bizarre. Yeah, of course it would be bizarre and she's not going to, but I think that it, I don't know. It's like, sensitivity versus pride. Like if she broke up with him, it has to be handled with a certain level of sensitivity. And if he broke up with her, duh, there's going to be a certain level of pride that plays into it. I just don't know what that then looks like and how that translates into both show and promo. If we want to go with the latter for a second in terms of having to put her pride aside to cover the fact that he broke up with her on the show, I am not saying that as Kim Kardashian, you don't have your own set of insecurities and emotional world in which you exist in. Obviously, us as that outsiders, it's like, what? How could you ever be upset over anything? You're Kim Kardashian. But that's not how it works. I mean, everybody has their own individual feelings. I still think that she would be able to put her pride aside and show that because the amount of hype and praise she would get just for showing it and like the intensive public interest coupled with probably the response of like, damn, he took the L on that one would so greatly overcompensate for any initial ego hit that she felt from the breakup. You know, it would be like such a crazy scenario that would never, ever, ever happen. But like, imagine for one second that the breakup story gets told and it's Pete broke up with Kim. And in the episode, she's like absolutely crushed. Like, could you imagine a breakup story that went down between the two of them and you're watching it happen on Kardashians and she's just like, a teenager after a bad breakup. 
<laughs> like, no. To me, that doesn't exist in her world, which is entirely unfair to put that on her. But no. I mean, my idealized view of Kim in that regard doesn't allow me to view her hysterically crying over Pete Davidson breaking up with her. However, I'm going to raise you on for a second. Imagine they brought cameras on Kim Air to Australia and the breakup was filmed. It, again, would never happen, but could you fucking imagine, Julie? I mean, that is the last thing that would ever happen. I mean, that would be the craziest insight that you've ever gotten on a reality show, I think. That would be like above and beyond anything else to have an actual in-the-moment breakup between Kim and Pete. I know, but that's why we come here, you know? Like, <laughs> we come to this place to fantasize. Don't you bring Nicole Kidman out on me. <laughs> People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay. 
Okay, next family member we're covering in the trailer is Chloe. And what we got in this recent drop was her saying that going through what I went through was incredibly difficult. I just feel like I'm a fish in a fishbowl. And then also about her pregnancy, Chris saying, our family grows first Kylie, now Chloe. Chloe saying it's going to be really exciting and that she's ready. And then we see the blue balloon, which obviously we now know she had a son. It's funny. I was surprised that that was touched on in the trailer. What? The surrogacy? Yeah. The, like, I guess the, I mean, I don't know. I guess we kind of had confirmation, but none of them have spoken about the baby yet. Like not one of them has said a word about Chloe having a baby. And so for the first time, I guess it's kind of like a similar to, you know, Kim's first mention of the breakup isn't going to be on the trailer. It was like, I never thought that Chloe's first mention of the baby would be on the trailer. See, I kind of did actually. Again, Chris Jenner playbook. No, I mean, it all makes sense to me, but I guess I guess the confusion is more in the fact that they haven't said anything about it publicly yet than the fact that it was mentioned in the trailer. Like, I would have thought that Chloe would have posted something or at least a story, and it's been complete radio silence in that area. And so for the first time that we're hearing anything about it to be a casual mention in a trailer, I don't know, to me, that was a little crazy. I think the thing we have to consider, though, is remember when the news report broke that Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson expecting baby number two via surrogate. And that was really, I mean, just a few days before the baby was actually born or that week. I don't even remember. Everything that was said was basically, this is the last thing that Chloe wanted. She wanted this baby to be born without anyone knowing. I mean, the last thing she wanted was them to know about the surrogacy. And I think that she was going to maybe even keep this a secret for a little bit longer. So I think that it's Chloe specific, like it's situation specific. It's the entire experience around her having a second baby was surrounded with so much trauma because of Tristan's infidelity that I think she is keeping this as close to the vest as physically possible. Because I think to her, like as much as you would think that wanting to share this blessing with the world is something that like would bring her so much joy, I think the whole situation was like paralyzing to her. No, I like, mean, I totally think so too. Like, to me, a pre-produced trailer with Chris mentioning the baby is such a soft launch for Chloe in, like, a very welcomed way. I almost feel as though it takes the pressure off. The idea of Chloe having to soft launch the baby that she had with Tristan that was conceived via surrogacy a couple of months or a couple of days even prior to finding out that he had a baby with another woman is, like, uh, the craziest pop culture web I could think of, yeah, a- including well, the fact that we like called it a soft launch, just like to start with that. I know. I'm sorry that just came out, but it it I, that's just how I feel. I cannot wait to soft launch my kid one day. <laughs> I can't wait to soft launch my husband, you know? I mean, obviously I agree. Yeah, I'm preaching to the motherfucking choir, am I not? You are preaching to the choir. Yeah. Okay. Other things we got is Courtney with the wedding dress try on, Chris getting surgery and her crying saying, don't tell my kids that I'm scared. Kylie struggling postpartum saying that she cried three weeks straight nonstop. Kendall, one, coming into her own as a businesswoman and her own boss with 818. And then I guess the argument between Kendall and Kylie because Kendall feels that Kylie never shows up for anything and Kendall has to constantly take over. It'll be really interesting to see Kylie's background story this season because I think that people are really interested in that and when she posted about 
her body not being 100% back yet, her mind not being 100% back yet, people responded really, really positively to that. And so I imagine that it will be a similar response to when she talks about it during the show. Oh, absolutely. But I have to tell you that when I went through that bulleted list from Courtney to Kylie to Kendall, the thing that I'm personally the most interested in and seeing is Kendall expressing frustration with Kylie not showing up because it's something I wonder about. Like growing up, they were a package deal and obviously they are still so close. But I do wonder if Kendall feels uniquely bothered by Kylie's absence in a way that the others don't. Well, you know why we're like a little bit more invested in that plot line is because like we also want to be able to express that frustration. Right. It feels like it's an avenue for her legitimate frustration and our illegitimate frustration that we feel we can live vicariously through her. I do wonder it too. Like there's so many events and it is such a thing that Kylie is absent from them. It's not even like a, oh, if you like really pay attention, you start to notice that. Like, I think that like, if you lightly pay attention to the Kardashians, you would understand a joke about how Kylie doesn't show up to anything. And so it is going to be interesting to see. And I think they've had this fight before and I think it affects Kendall the most I think the only other person that gets as annoyed as Kendall is maybe Kim, but it comes from a different place. Kendall gets personally annoyed. Kim gets business-wise annoyed. But yeah, I have always wondered how they all feel about it because it's something that we talk about constantly in our own time. Oh, totally. I mean, listen, for Kim, as you said, it's so much more business-related. It's like, how are you as Kylie Jenner, as a member of the Kardashian-Jenner family, not going to show up for something that is making us money? And I think for Kendall, it's less of anger and maybe a little bit more sadness that then kind of manifests into anger. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, listen, I think that Kendall is probably the most sensitive in the family. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Back in the day, even though Chloe showed the most toughness, I would say that she was probably the most sensitive. But I think that based on the events that she's had to endure, maybe her sensitivity has kind of shifted a little bit. I wouldn't say Chloe was the most sensitive. I would say Chloe was the most reactive. I think she was the most sensitive, honestly. Chloe has a much thicker skin, but when something penetrates it, she reacts in a way, or she used to at least, that the rest of the family just didn't. And it was understandable. It was like more stuff was getting to her, more stuff was being directed at her. I think Kendall has a sensitivity where she gets upset by much, much less. And specifically when it comes to Kylie, she does. Oh, if we're talking about current day, I totally agree. I'm saying back in the day, it, you can't even compare Kendall and Chloe because Kendall was just a kid. Like in early seasons of Kardashians, the Kendall sensitivity would have never even been a conversation. She was like 12 years old, you know? I'm saying that if you would have asked me this question back in the day and I was rating Kim, Chloe, and Courtney, I would say that Chloe, while portraying the most toughness, was also actually the most sensitive. But now if I'm looking at all of them, everyone included in everyone's fair game. Yeah, I'm gonna, my, my money's going to be on Kendall. And by the way, just to make this really clear, like I am not at all equating sensitivity with a, a negative trait in the slightest at all. I think that it comes from like, you know, vulnerability. I, I'm just acknowledging it as, as I see it, which could be wrong. Oh, totally. I don't think sensitivity is negative. I think it's weird that it gets a negative connotation. Maybe I say that as somebody who's been accused of being overly sensitive as times. <laughs> It does have a negative connotation in a way that I think is really unfair. 
I think the reason that being sensitive gets a negative connotation is because people get upset when they can't just say whatever they want to other people and they expect it to be taken as a joke. And when they can't take it as a joke, it's like, oh, you're just being sensitive rather than like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, totally. It places like the blame on the other person instead of like analyzing why maybe what you said was hurtful in nature. Totally. It's like a cop out. Right. Not to say that there's not something to be said for like, way, way, way oversensitivity in a way that's just like not conducive to a healthy relationship because then you can't even be transparent and you really have to walk on eggshells. Obviously, it's like a huge spectrum. But I'm saying in general, the concept of sensitivity is basically like, yeah, I, I like have emotions and I feel words and I'm sorry that I'm not hard into the world. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I don't either. Yeah. I mean, listen, guys, all I can tell you is September 22nd cannot come soon enough. Oh, we should give – I forgot to do this on uh, yesterday's episode. We should give the scheduling notes for the next few weeks, right? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay, so next week, the week of September 5th, Labor Day is that Monday. We're releasing two episodes, not three that week because the whole company is closed on Monday for Labor Day. We're probably going to pre-record the episode this week, and then we'll release it maybe on Monday or Tuesday of next week. So it'll be Monday or Tuesday of next week, and then Bravo on Friday like normal. And then the week of September 26th, which is the week of the Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah, we are off that entire week. So we'll flag it again, but I just wanted to say that now. Is there anything else that I'm missing? I think that's it. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and for letting us do this. And I will be back on Friday with Isabel for Bravo. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.